0: Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Val Wright. Val is an internationally acclaimed innovation expert, and she's been named one of the top 50 resources for cheap operating officers. She's one of only 64 experts inducted into Million Dollar Consultant Hall of Fame, and she has global clients who request her help, companies such as Starbucks, LinkedIn, Microsoft, the Financial Times, and DreamWorks Animation. Her corporate experience included time at, during dramatic growth periods at Amazon, BMW, Microsoft, Harrods, Marconi, and the SEMA Group. Um, She's got a long, long resume of uh, of things she's done, Um, but we're here today to talk about uh, Thoughtfully Ruthless, which is her new book, and she has a unique approach. It's produced typical client results of market domination in extraordinary short time frames, along with compassionate truth-telling, fearlessness, and extensive creative, technical, and leadership gains. So welcome, Val.
1: Thanks, Linda. It's great to be here.
0: So your, your book is out just recently, and, uh, and it's doing quite well. But tell me something, thoughtfully ruthless. Ruthless is kind of a brutal word. Um, Isn't it? Yeah. Well, do we really want our leaders to be ruthless?
1: Oh, that's where the thoughtfulness comes into it. Um, ah. when, when you think of ruthlessness, you immediately think of Game of Thrones or evil or um, something really callous and almost mean by intention. And that is not what the book is about. And um, what I have found in working with a number of the clients that, y- that you mentioned over the last quarter of a century is I've studied what it takes for a leader to stand out amongst great leaders and be truly exceptional and see dramatic differences in profits and revenues. And what I found is that the typical categories of a thoughtful leader is one who's well-liked and kind and spends lots of time and reflection and patience. And then there's another stereotype of somebody who is um, dramatic and, decisive and, um, you know, not very thoughtful and pretty ruthless about their decisions and, and how they work with their teams. And those two stereotypes don't work, and it's not the way to think about leadership, because what I found is the successful leaders who really stand out are those who are really intentional and deliberate about where they spend their time, their energy, and their resources. And that ruthlessness in a thoughtful way is what sets them apart.
0: So it's kind of a good side to ruthlessness.
1: Exactly. If you pair it with being really intentional.
0: Intentional. Okay. So it's the intentional thing. So tell me, so what makes this thoughtfully ruthless leader stand out? What is it that they do differently? They
1: pay attention to where it is that they are trying to get to. And one of of the things that Thoughtfully Ruthless leaders do is they are, if you imagine drawing a line on a piece of paper and over on the left you have today and the next 30 days and then in the middle you have six months and over to the right you have one year and two years if a thoughtfully ruthless leader will spend more time to the right-hand side of that line than they will close to the left-hand side because they are focusing on the long-term goals of their own business, of their own leadership team, and and of their own personal growth. So so you will see a thoughtfully ruthless leader intentionally focusing on the long-term and the strategic. That's one way they stand out.
0: So they're less reactive, more proactive.
1: Exactly, and they're they're very intentional about where they spend their time versus where their board of directors spends their time versus where their executive team or their managers and then their employees spend their time. And what I I see in many fast-growing companies um, is this strong gravitational pull to want to focus
0: on the here and now and the tactical. Yep, and we see it a lot, right? It has to happen now or, or forget it, right? Yep. Exactly. Okay, so, so one way is they're intentional. What else makes a, a thoughtfully ruthless leader stand out?
1: Another, another way that they, they stand out is they're, they're very if – if that's really where they spend their time. And then if you look at where they spend their energy, a thoughtfully ruthless leader – you, you, you work with many marketing leaders, Lyndon, so you, know, you probably have marketing leaders who have just achieved a remarkable success and they've just delivered an amazing um, campaign or a project that's just – um, product that's launched that's really successful. And I always ask them, who do you call? Who's on the <laughs> speed dial for you to call to say, I just had the most amazing day of my career? Who do you call? And then similarly, if you're having a really bad day, because yeah. the C- CTO's just argued with you, the CEO's just nixed your budget, whatever it might be that's just made you have a bad day, who do you call? And who is on your speed dial list? And are they going to take your call? Will they respond to a text out of hours? And do they have your best interests at heart? Because thoughtfully ruthless leaders know how to surround themselves with people who can help them where they want to go, not where they are today or where
0: they were two years ago. So that's really interesting. So it's not – because we think so often that leadership is somewhat of an island. You know, you're there kind of leading everyone and and way out in front. But what I hear you saying is it's as important that the leader has someone, a mentor, or a a support system for them to to fall back on when things are really really good or really bad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's actually how we met, isn't it, Linda? I mean, we met in our own – in our own community of um, experts and consultants and authors um, in Alan Weiss's community because, um, you know, for me, it's very important for me to keep my energy levels up and surround myself with other people who are doing similar work to what I'm doing. And, and absolutely, that, you know, it's, a lo- it's lonely. It's lonely being a solo entrepreneur, and it's lonely being an, an, an executive. And so absolutely. You, have t- you have to have those people around you.
0: So is the behavior, the energy, is there anything else that kind of makes someone a thoughtfully ruthless leader different than your average run-of-the-mill leader?
1: Yeah, so there's, there's a third, what I call the third leg of the stool, which you have to pay attention to all three, the time, the energy, and the resources. The third area is that resources piece. And, okay. you know, what I have continually found, and um, it's equally true for marketing people as it is to many other, many other functions, is that 75% of hiring is wrong. Yep. 75% of people who hire hire the wrong people because they're hiring for right now they're hiring for the job they see in front of them right now they're hiring for the person who's just walked through the door or the person that they used to work with in the last company and actually what they need to do is as a thoughtfully ruthless leader they need to think about whether it's two years out one year out three years out think ahead to the size and scale your business and your company will be in two years time Imagine what services you'll offer, what products you'll offer, what markets, markets you'll be in, um, what um, new innovations that you will have in place. Then what I say to leaders is now think about your current leadership team. Think about your current organization. And do they have the capability and the capacity to run the business the size it will be in two years' time? And nearly always people say, not quite, Val. Or, right. Or, you know, my team is growing. Well, yeah, your team is growing, but you can't have the majority of your team in the biggest jobs of their lives. Because if you do, everybody's learning on the job. What you need to have, and this happened to me with a uh, CEO I was working with, they they were gonna expand into Europe. And so I sat down and I asked them the question, size of your business in two years time, and they said they're gonna grow in Europe. I'm like, that's fantastic, that's great. So who's on your board and who's on your executive team who has European experience? Nobody. Mm. So you need to – so we developed a plan to go hire um, a board, some advisors, and then um, one of his executive team who'd got that international experience. And so what you need to do is be able to hire ahead. You leapfrog your competition by creating this leapfrog organization and hiring those people. So when you're expanding into Europe or when you are now marketing more digitally than you have been traditionally in the past, that you have those people who have been there, done that, that they're not trying to figure it out for themselves in the first time. And that's the thing that really pulls your company ahead a lot faster because people are um, ready to manage and lead the company that it will be in the future.
0: I think that's so important because I, I see so many times, particularly sometimes around Silicon Valley where we've got startups and everybody's running. First of all, we've all got to run really, really quick right now and we can't think about a year or two years or five years. But even then, everybody's the same level of experience. We're all working at the same level. We're getting this going. And you're right, because if we do get to that next stage, what do we do then? We're, we're really stuck. And so if you haven't planted the seeds, and to me it's sort of like um, nurturing a, a garden. You have to plant the seeds today because they're not going to turn into vegetables that you can eat tomorrow. So you've got to plant the seeds, and you've got to nourish them and make sure they get sun and water and the tension and the weeds are out of there. And then by the time you you want to eat the vegetables, they're actually grown up. And so I think that's what I'm hearing you say, is you've got to be thinking ahead and you've got to have people who know what a vegetable is. They know how, they know how to plant a garden and they've done it before and they're not reading the instructions so to speak every time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's, it's interesting, I was uh, I was at Google last week speaking to a number of executives there on um, being thoughtfully ruthless and, and they were saying... Y- and no doubt you have this with your clients too, is that there's such a high competition for talent, not just externally, but internally. Because Google um, is launching new products every five minutes, and there's such a competition internally for key talent. And so you have to, as a leader, be really intentional about what your pipeline is for people who can join your team so that you're continuing to cultivate that and, um, you know, at the moment, um, I live in Los Angeles, and there's such such a huge demand right now for everyone who knows anything about um, virtual reality. And so right. uh, and it was the same, it, same in Google as well, is that um, those people are so highly sought after. You need to be a thoughtfully ruthless leader to be able to attract and be a magnet leader to get those people to come to you
0: so that you can be building that team for the future. Absolutely. So what do you think is the mistake that, that leaders make? Do you see one or two kind of key mistakes that uh, typically leaders make where they, they go off this thoughtfully ruthless path and, and kind of get lost in the woods, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. There's,
1: there's one that I, I, I have been very guilty of myself, Linda, in the past. <laughs> and um, so coming from England, um, where culturally – You are meant to be humble and not talk Mm -hmm. about your achievements and not brag or show off. You're brought up believing that your pure brilliance will serve you well. Um, And so when I moved, um, I used to work for Xbox, and Xbox relocated me from the U.K. um, over to Seattle. And I remembered how hard it was for me. And, you know, I even had a terribly average first performance review when I first got here because I was just not very good about talking about my achievements. And Mm. so the number one mistake I see leaders make that prevent them from being truly thoughtfully ruthless is that they may be brilliant, but they are not brilliant at demonstrating their brilliance. And not brilliant saw... at
0: demonstrating their brilliance. Yeah. Boy, okay, yeah.
1: And here's the thing. Talking to your marketing audience, the marketing leaders are some of the worst culprits for this.
0: Oh, absolutely. We are – We are. talk about the uh, shoemaker's children, right? I mean, we're bad at marketing ourselves.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and so I had one of my CEO clients call me um, a couple of years ago. And he was on a tirade. He was spitting feathers, as we would say in England, which means you're very angry. And um, he was saying, Val, I can't believe it. This guy has just got this CEO appointment. I used to work with him years ago, and he was terrible, and his team thought this, and I can't believe it, and I could have got that job. Why didn't I get that job? So I calmed him down, and I said to him, I said, let's just look. Let's Google his name, and let's just look at what the perception of him is. And we Googled his name, and he's on boards. He's spoken at key industry events. He had um, articles that he'd written in a number of popular um, industry um, presses, and, and he was out there. Mm-hmm. And he—he is—he may not have been as brilliant as you know the person I knew said. Um, but he was brilliant at demonstrating his brilliance. He was able to showcase his work. And what I see so many times, even you know, particularly with marketing leaders, is that, that leaders don't spend enough time talking about their impact, talking about the results that they achieve. And so it doesn't serve them well.
0: I think you're right. And we think that we're out there and doing good work and showing up and doing the work and therefore we will be seen. And, you know, I use a lot of music analogies in, in what I do because I'm, I'm a musician. Uh, and I talk about there's no noise. If you don't make it, there's no music yeah. if you're not out there making it. And so I think too often we think we're going to be good and everybody's going to sing our song. And what I'm yeah. hearing you say is we're not doing a good enough job of, of of kind of leading the music, so to speak.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, in my book there is a brilliance barometer where you can – track where you are and um, where you'd like to be and gives you some real practical examples of what you can do to improve how brilliant you are at at showcasing your work and demonstrating your
0: brilliance. So let me ask you, what have you done in your business? Because I know that there's some things you've done yourself, and how are you making your own business more thoughtfully ruthless?
1: Yeah, I I think that's a great question, and and one of the things I always encourage people when when they're um, hiring experts like you or I is to make sure that they are good at practicing what they teach and so um it's it's one of the things that i really pride myself on being able to do so um i actually have five things that um i i have done that really demonstrates that i'm thoughtfully ruthless because as you know but the listeners probably don't is that i have three young children Um, i have six-year-old twins and an eight-year-old and one of the reasons i quit my corporate life to launch my own business was so that i could create a life where i would spend more time with my three daughters before they turn into teenagers and want to be as far away from me as possible. <laughs> um, and so for me, that, that's the first one is um, I've been really thoughtfully ruthless about where I spend my time and how intentional I am about what work I engage in and when I engage in it so that I can be with my daughters and my family and um, travel back to England to see my uh, family and friends in England too. And so that's, that's the number one thing I've done to be thoughtfully ruthless is it's um, it's very easy as, a, as an entrepreneur to become your own worst boss um, right. and not take care of yourself. And so for me, that's, that's the number one thoughtfully ruthless um, area for me. The second area is um, as, as I was preparing for my book launch, I knew I wanted to speak more for marketing purposes. And I mm-hmm. speak a lot at corporate events, at corporate offsites, and leadership functions. But I wasn't really doing a lot of um, speaking for marketing, and I knew I wanted to do that. But I knew that was going to take an investment of resources and focus to find out conferences where I could speak. So I hired an assistant, and I have hired an assistant. And the funny thing is, is my assistant is so thoughtfully ruthless. She has an assistant. So she's <laughs> only focusing on the essential pieces um, of, of her practice, which is fantastic. And so I hired an assistant to help identify conferences and events um, where, I could, where I could speak. and. Uh, Three months after hiring her, I think I've got um, 10 Future Speaking bookings booked. That's wonderful. And that's because I've I've used her in a very thoughtfully, ruthless way. Um, The third area is in my writing. And um, I'm not very good at um, American grammar. And if the truth be told, I'm also not very good at English grammar. And so it always (laughs) slowed down my writing. And I know I'm talking to a master of language with you. And so um, (laughs) I'd never let you read my work. (laughs) Oh. My seeing it because it's, kind of, it's not very really good. Um, but what I did is I hired an editor. And I hired an editor to um, help me speed up my writing. And so now I write. And then um, my editor, like if I'm writing an article for ink or, you know, um, as I was writing my book, um, she, she would make the grammar look perfect. And so that really sped it up for me because that really um, allowed me to have the right resources around me um, to, to go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number, and we are number three. Yeah, that's number um, three. <laughs> and then um, number four is um, you and I both share the same um, coach and mentor and strategic right. advisor, Alan Weiss. Um, and he's the number one, the number one success I've had in my business is, is hiring him to be my um, disher out of tough love. Um, Honesty feedback mechanism mm-hmm. and um, sounding board, and so for me, um, that's the number the number one thing that's really really helped me is is having that um, not just a mentor, but then people in his community who are my um, advisors that that help me that help me as well. So um, that's been really important. Um, and then um, number. Four, number five. See, I'm having Mm -hmm. people counting this afternoon. Um, The the next thing that I've done to be really thoughtfully ruthless is that I've tried to find ways to scale my business because, um, you know, people often say to me, Val, can you take on any more clients? And I said, look, you know, I'm I'm the growth expert. I'm a a leadership expert. If I can't handle the growth of my own business, I'm kind of in trouble. And so I'm... I'm always looking for ways that I I can grow my business. And so um, one of the recent things that I've done is I've just created this um, certification program where I'm going to be licensing out the Thoughtfully Ruthless toolkit to other experts and consultants so that they can share the... Secrets to rapid business growth with their clients, and so I'm finding ways that I can build communities or um, license my tools out to other people so that I can scale my business in a different way and try new innovative business models. And so that, for me, is the, the, the fifth way I've been thoughtfully resourceful.
0: What I hear is kind of a common thread through that are a couple of things. Number one is you've identified what you're really good at and what you enjoy doing, and you're putting your focus there. And then, kind of the corollary to that is you identify things that either you're not that good at, or someone else can do just as efficiently as you, and you're you're um, finding a way to offload that, and therefore you can keep your time devoted to the areas that really make a difference. And then the third thing is you figure out how to kind of take this and and um, you said scale it, but but how do I how do I grow this? How do I find a way to move forward so it's not just Staying where you are, but making the circle bigger moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's a great great story. God, this is fantastic, and it's, it's so interesting and fascinating, and I've known you for several years now, and I've watched this kind of metamorphosis and all these great things that you've learned and put together. So I'm so glad that you've got this out here and you're sharing these with the rest of us. So I want to ask you one last thing. If there was one tip that you could give for listeners to be thoughtfully ruthless, where should we start with this?
1: Um, I would suggest that you, the the one tip is that you
0: become a teenager again. <laughs> well, wait, not with the hormones and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> high school, okay.
1: <laughs> no, but you become, you become selfish just like a teenager. Remember ah. the times when you used to listen to the music you wanted to, you have the friends you wanted to. If you're not happy with your friends, you get them out of your life and yep. you are really thoughtfully ruthless about okay. who is in your life and who you surround yourself with and I, th- I think that um, something happens as we grow up and in the middle years it's not mm-hmm. the m- midlife crisis we need to be worried about, it's the midlife sponge because we absorb all these responsibilities of yep. pets or family or aging parents or um, new jobs and, and we just absorb it like a great big sponge and we don't let any of it go And what I have found is that when people let it go, when people start saying no, when people start putting themselves in a sensibly selfish way before others, that they start doing the work they love more with the people they love, and they have so much fun doing it.
0: That sounds like a plan. That sounds wonderful. We've been here with Val Wright, who is the author of Thoughtfully Ruthless. Val, how can people find out more about you and get the book?
1: Yeah, they can go on to ThoughtfullyRuthless.com and they can actually download a free chapter and also get access to my Thoughtfully Ruthless Leadership Assessment. And you can download that and you can discover just how thoughtfully ruthless you are by going on to
0: ThoughtfullyRuthless.com. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome, Linda. It was great to be here. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.Leverage2Market.com.